Hello and welcome back to What Is It About the Weather? This week, that weather forecast is just plain wrong. Okay, so since we last talked, I know that uh, in my neck of the woods there's been a lot of heat. Um, I hope wherever you are, northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, that if you're in, you know, as we get into these kind of core seasons, if you don't live in the tropical band, that is, that, you know, when the coldest temps are hitting us and the warmest temps are hitting us that you're able to get out of the extremes or avoid other extreme weather. Um, unfortunately, some folks in India and China weren't so lucky. Um, and India had a, another day with just uh, mass amounts of lightning deaths. Uh, China with an impressive tornado that killed, I believe, um, somewhere above 50. I don't remember what the final tally was. I think it was thankfully less than 100, but just, just an incredible... Uh, thing that you know, these are stories that those of us who, I mean, live in the Western Hemisphere, uh, until recently, you know, with the internet the way it is, you you may never have heard these stories. So it's tough to say whether it's an abnormal thing or not uh, in some of the cases. But um, links in the show notes. Not going to spend a lot of time on those. Um, summer solstice and solstice. I have trouble getting that word out of my mouth lately and strawberry moon. I don't know if any of you had, uh, any fun with that, uh, in the past few days. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. I heard every 50 years, every 70 years. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. It, it's still just, <laughs> it was a full moon that happened to happen on the day of, uh, you know, when the, the sun did its thing as far North kind of as we get in the Northern hemisphere. Um, and it can now start going the other direction and start working on winding down summer, even though we're just getting started with it, uh, and uh, work its way back south now. I did put some some pics on the website if you're interested. Uh, we had, oddly enough, the the sunset was what was probably more impressive, but it was kind of interesting on the moonrise with the cloud set up in the Atlanta area. Um, it did kind of have a pinkish hue. So check out the website. I, I did a post um, that I didn't put in the, in the feed, so you wouldn't have gotten it otherwise, but that, that has about 20 of my favorite pictures. One of those days, um, any of you who follow me on Twitter uh, or Instagram or the other ways know that I, I do like to post weather pictures or when I have them and am able to to take pictures of, of weather events. Uh, I like to share those things. So, you know, do follow me there and um, you can see more. But again, I, that day I had so many pics to go through. I couldn't believe it. I, it was probably on the order of um, 100, 150. And usually I can easily take, you know, 90 percent go out of focus, out of focus, bad shot, nothing interesting. Uh, but this was one of those days was like, wow, I just kind of want to keep all these things. So um, I guess the other interesting thing lately, as many of you know, that the hurricane season in the Atlantic always gets a lot of press in the U.S. And I, I know it does somewhat in Europe as well, because the storms actually ultimately can impact Europe. Um, but this year in particular, because we're we're heading into theoretically, we're heading into a La Nina oriented year although the magnitude and if it really happens still kind of TBD, um, it's certainly more likely that we're going to have a busier season than a not busy season, or it's seeming that way. But everybody's focused on, you know, is the earliest a third storm had been named and the earliest a fourth storm had been named. But we're talking like a day or two. And when you're talking about a tropical cyclone season and when you're talking about how that impacts the rest of tropical, tropical cyclone season, it doesn't. 
So, um, but I also understand why people do it because on a boring weather day uh, in, in different places, sometimes you need something to engage an audience. So I, I, I get why, you know, people bring those up. But statistically, don't get hung up when you hear those things go, oh, that's interesting and move on and appreciate the fact that whatever meteorologist sent it your way was just, yeah, they were sharing a useful tidbit like sometimes I do in the podcasts. So, all right, so let's... Um, Let's dive into things. So you heard it. That weather forecast is just plain wrong. Now, if you expect a meteorologist to give you a number for the high temperature and low temperature and whether it's going to rain or not, 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 even, not even a probability of rain, whether it's going to rain or not, um, and a, you know, a specific number. And I, and I will tell you that forecasters in the U.S. actually have it much worse than in Europe because Celsius – you know, if I say 18 Celsius, there's a lot more leeway in, in when you look at rounding and stuff um, that that might be right. But single value forecast, if you really go and calculate how often they're right and wrong, quite often are wrong. Uh, you know, you if you look at a five-day forecast and even look for tomorrow and you're, you know, wherever it's TV or Internet, however you get in your forecast, they go, all right, the high tomorrow is going to be 85. And a low tomorrow is going to be 36. Or, you know, if you're in Europe, it's going to be a high of 25 and a low of, of 13 or whatever it might be. Um, quite often it might be 26 and 12 or it might be 87 and, and 52 or whatever on the flip side of that. And does that make it a bad forecast? Not necessarily. But if you took, them at, if you took that forecast at face value, it's an incorrect forecast. And I think most of us that that consume weather forecast um, don't necessarily think of that as wrong and I think a lot of those forecasters when they do verification and whatnot they, they give themselves some leeway and I think you do too but let's talk let, let's now get into why they're really not even giving you a single forecast when they're doing that and why you should actually prefer more probabilities as opposed to less now we talked about this back in the i think it was the april like april 22nd or something around that when we talked about uh flooding and probabilities and why they're your friend and why you should want them and why, why it's a good thing but also the importance of understanding what that information is and what it's telling you and I, i'm not going to delve into it too much again so if you haven't listened to that episode do listen to it or you know at least go into the show notes and click on some of the, the links and do some quick reading but what is important that came out of that is two things. One, probabilities are good. It's not a bad thing. It's not because someone's not giving you a firm answer isn't a bad thing. And two, though, you need to understand the probabilities that are being given to you and what they're based on. So let's go back to a little bit about the fundamentals. Deterministic versus probabilistic. Okay. So probabilistic forecasts have been going on a long time. Just because you see a number that says, okay, the high today is going to be 85, doesn't mean that that meteorologist or whoever's giving you that information hasn't looked at a lot of different, maybe different models or models that have been doing, and we've mentioned this term before, ensemble-based forecasting where they give you that same model generates um, multiple outcomes and gives you an opportunity to see how similar those outcomes are if you tweak different things. Now, a deterministic forecast and giving you one and you looking at one and saying, just give me that number, it's quicker, okay, and it, but it's always going to be less accurate. Now, again, not necessarily something you need to worry about. Most of the time, it may be fine, right? Tomorrow, you're going to be working 
and then off is okay. So tomorrow you're going to be outside. So actually tomorrow it might it might not be a good day, but Monday. So Sunday night you're looking at the forecast, and you know you're going to an office the next day, or you're going to be sitting in the house the next day, or you've you've already got your day planned out. And the only thing you need to know is the ten seconds that you're going to be between your car door and something else. Maybe if it's going to rain or not. Okay. So for a lot of us that work every day. That's all that you know. You really want to know. Maybe you need to know how how warm it's going to be from a clothes standpoint. But if you're going into a climate controlled environment, that may or may not even be relevant. I mean, I know lots of people that if if they hear 85, they may wear a shorter sleeve shirt to work. But then they get to work and the air conditioning is turned down so cold that they need a sweater anyways. So <laughs> you you've always kind of done some adapting to the environment. But there's always going to be times whether you're planning an event. Uh, you know, you're going to be doing some outdoor activity or you're going to be in places where weather is going to influence your life on a, on a more routine basis. Now, this is true for consumers, but understand that that businesses have also been doing this for a long time. And that's kind of the business I've been in for the last nine to 10 years is probabilities. But what's really all the point of this and why is it so important? So, you know, it is important enough that the American Meteorological Society back in 2008, and you can, again, show notes, There'll be a link to this kind of statement they made about probabilistic forecast and why it's important. So, again, kind of reviewing that very basically, it's a reflection of uncertainty or how certain the forecast is or as well as confidence. But it's also a reflection of your exposure to risk. And, that, and that's where I'm getting into, while most days it may not matter to you, the day that you're planning to, you know, to have a wedding, okay, or and you have it set up for an outside venue, but most of these places have an option of inside outside if they do an outside wedding and three days out you might be you know there are things that may be harder to coordinate if you don't make that decision in advance and so you can't always leave everything to the last minute or you're planning to go to uh, a theme park you know and and or spend some outdoor time um, whether it's skiing in the winter time or you know go on the lake in the summertime and you know if you're going to lose a weekend because it's too even too hot, not even necessarily precipitation, but it's too hot or it's too cold, and you could have easily shifted it to the next weekend. That's that's important information, but you may not always have certainty. You, you, how often do you hear meteorologists? Like I said, you don't hear them with rain. They've always, for a long time, been doing probabilities. You don't see them. It's either going to rain or it's not. Okay, so we've been using probabilities there. So what you're doing is you're trying to. They're trying to help you. Co- quantify what's the uncertainty okay or the certainty either way you look at it the confidence they have in a forecast what you're from your standpoint you're looking at your risk exposure and we have this every day individually okay different things but sometimes it's important with weather you're trying to make better decisions now let's look at a non-weather example all right so let's take people and a lot of people around the globe do this commute to work in some way not everyone does but I'm just, it's, you know, something I think a great many people can relate to. And you kind of know how long it's going to take you every day to get there if you leave at a certain time. And you've left at different times and you kind of know maybe what traffic patterns are like or where the tricky parts are. And you also know that for the most, most days, it is what it is. Uh, Or as we say in Chile, es lo que hay. And, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. So... What you're really trying to do is, on important days, though, maybe a kid's got soccer practice or an after-school event you need to be at, where you got an early meeting, right, that you've got to make it to, and you know you need to be there because 
that is a case where you cannot be late, you know, because it's going to start and people are going to expect you to be there. So more often than not, you use the probabilities that you've built up in your head over time, your statistics, your internal statistics, and you say, okay, I know that if I wait till 7 in the morning to leave my house, there is a good chance I will make it on time, 80% of the time. And that's why maybe you leave there every day at eight, because you know it doesn't matter. But that one time when you know you've got a, a first meeting that you've got to get to, or again, you're leaving at the end of the day and there's an event you need to get to, you're likely going to shift your leave time if that event is important enough to you, that being a key thing, because you're, you're mitigating your risk. Now, you may still be, you may end up early. And, and again, the statistics may tell you the majority of the time you're going to end up early, but you also know that there are times that if you don't give it a little extra time and there is an extra wreck or those sort of things take place and, it, and that always adds 10 more minutes to your commute, that you're, you're trying to eliminate that risk in your equation or minimize it to the best you can. Now, you know, and, and it's a flip side. So if you leave early and you get there and you're late, but people understand you left early, they're more likely to forgive you as well. You can say, you know, not only did I leave early, but traffic took, you know, 10 times longer than it normally takes. So we do this in other things. We do it in a lot of the decision processes. And like I said, weather may not influence every decision you have, but when it's important, influencing important decisions, it's better to understand the overall risk exposure, okay? And that risk equation includes this confidence, this uncertainty in when you're making decisions. Now, here's the reality and why we can't give you a deterministic forecast to get back to it. it you know, I think about, I was walking through, you know, my living space earlier and I was looking, I was thinking to myself, you know, I wonder if I can model that. I wonder if I could put the, you know, there's not much going on. It's inside. But you think about how tiny, you know, molecule of air is and whether the air conditioning is going to turn on, when it's going to turn on. So if I wanted to track where, like if I released a little small particle and figure out where that's going to be at the end of the day, what are the complexities going on? What are the physics that are going on? Okay. What Do I have enough data? Do I even understand all the data points that I need to make that decision. So imagine that on a much bigger scale. And as good as weather models have gotten, there's still huge amounts of data that they don't ingest. They're still very, I should say very limited in their physics, but the physics are at a large level. And, you know, I'll give you an, an example here. When you think about these, what we call pop-up thunderstorms or isolated showers, for those that ever experience these things, where you see one event that takes place, but it may be, and it may be a huge torrential rain in a very small area. Well, the model may have seen that something like that should happen, but it also knew enough to know that that didn't mean the whole area was going to get rain. But imagine it's five miles away, right? And so that's a lot of times when you hear about rain probabilities, sometimes it's expressing that kind of an issue versus other times it may be expressing whether the large scale or what we call the synoptic scale events even going to take place in the meteorological world. So I, I've heard a couple of meteorologists lately, and, and these are fairly well-known people, and I'm not going to call them out by name, but I, and one of these people was forecasting stuff that was two weeks to three months away and and that's what their company did you know they they do these types of forecast and you know what their forecast was horribly wrong 
It was for this past winter, and it was for the northeast, you know, the eastern and northeast U.S., and their forecast is it was a complete bust. And so they sat there in one hand and said, I only like giving deterministic forecast. And on the flip side, their forecast was horrible. So the pr- people taking that forecast, well, I, we all appreciate it because they're, they're – maybe reflecting in in the fact that they do a deterministic forecast they're reflecting that they're confident in it well maybe they shouldn't have been okay and i understand what they were trying to do and i I will remind everybody that while there is value in these longer term forecasts and sometimes there's useful information there these longer forecasts inherently have less confidence or more uncertainty so if someone tries to give you a deterministic forecast based on a longer time period, they're not doing you a favor. And I would even say in the very short term, they're not doing you a favor. Now, I understand, again, tomorrow it's going to be 85 degrees or you know Celsius, let's say it's going to be you know 30 degrees, whatever it is. So 86 and 30, we'll do the math, we'll keep it the same. But the problem we run into with that, right, is it's not going to likely be that number. Now, most of the people, the meteorologists, they have an audience, again, that, that has come to understand that 86 or, or 30 means, oh, maybe 84 to 88. And, you know, depending where you are, again, you know, some areas have more leeway, less leeway. And that relationship is built that in over time. Or you'll even hear them say, and this is what I love, when somebody once says they want to give you a deterministic forecast, and then they'll say, it'll be around 86 degrees. Well, that's not deterministic. Deterministic's a point, okay? So maybe you are already getting probabilistic forecast and you just don't realize it. And maybe you and that individual have enough of an understanding with one another that when they use a phrase in a certain way, it's giving you that probabilistic information. But the problem often is, and, and we have covered this in a previous episode as well, that those subjective terms that they use to create probabilities for you are very open to interpretation. Okay, How I may take it and ingest it may be very different than you. So what they would be much better doing is saying that the likelihood is something, the highest likelihood is something around this temperature, but it could range from here to here, but it's generally going to be in this in this smaller range. Now, th- the problem is, and, and this is where we get into this, is we as consumers of that information don't want to sit there and listen to this, or they don't have time on TV or radio or whatever to go and do that for every day that they're doing a forecast for. So they have to work with these deterministic data points, and I get that, and I understand that, but... We also live in this day and age where the supporting information, and this is where I would say that their websites or in some way or their supporting graphics should help try to reflect that. And, and it's not always easy, okay? but there are ways to do it. And I've been in the business of doing that for the last, you know, like I said, nine to ten years where creating these types of forecasts is, is what we do. And in the business world, when people ingest forecast because they're making decisions based on this they would cringe if you gave them a deterministic forecast yes it's a starting point okay but they're looking at how different is that than usual how likely is it to happen they get forecast so and again they a lot of times create their own statistics because they get forecasts from multiple organizations and they compare them with another one another now there is dangers in that i'm not going to get into that today they would be better off with getting the best forecast but having that best forecast represent the probabilities and the uncertainties for them that's ideally what they should want and what they should do so 
I also think another key aspect of this, though, is probabilities, if people get used to them, help reduce the cry wolf thing. Because let's get into I- extreme weather, okay? And, I, you know, I've watched, I was watching one the other day, and, and it said 80% chance of rain. And then the rain didn't happen. And somebody went, well, that forecast was a bust. No. No, it wasn't a bust. Now, if they had said 100% chance of rain and it didn't rain, then it is. But what it said was, you know, in your area, maybe you were part of the, you know, the way the forecast was, we knew that some areas were going to be missed. Or maybe there are times that even though the model is suggesting that 80% of the time it's going to to rain in the area, that there are cases where a a number of things might come together, hence the 20% or the uncertainty that's being reflected, okay, that those forecast it's just not going to rain for whatever reason that's why it's 80 percent and not 100 percent. so it's not a bust it's not a bust but by understanding you as a consumer understanding that help in reducing the crying wolf thing if people give you it probabilistic to begin with if somebody's saying well tomorrow we you know we're gonna have tornadoes in the area and all this and that's what you hear you go oh i gotta have a tornado i gotta be prepared and and they say that four or five or six or seven or eight nine ten times and then all of a sudden you get numb to it however if they say we've got a you know a risk of it and this is you know the the probability of that risk you understand that there's some uncertainty there okay so you're not going to hold them to it and but you know like i said we we as the receivers of that information also need to understand that you know, all the 20% of the times that it doesn't come true may happen back to back to back. It's kind of like that 100-year flood or 1,000-year flood that we discussed. You know, you can have two back-to-back years with 100-year floods. It can happen, right? So, but if they're very focused on deterministic and they tell you that there's a risk, what will happen is your mind will say, oh, they told me there's going to be a tornado tomorrow because they're always giving you a deterministic forecast. So it's it helps everybody involved if we understand that that things are probabilities and that there's not there are cases where it's a hundred percent and there are cases where maybe there's a high likelihood that there really is the high is going to be 86 tomorrow or 30 or 30 celsius and you know what it, it turns out to be that way but usually the information at hand is that's not what it's telling us so understand that you're better off and should seek that information and you know even let your meteorologist know that, hey, you know, help me with the probabilities here. And that's what happens a lot of times when people contact a meteorologist. They start asking them for this stuff. And you will find, like I'm planning something this weekend or whatever it might be. And you'll find that that's actually where the probabilistic discussion happens. So, there, like I said, there are ways to do it graphically. And there are ways that it can be communicated quickly as long as the parties understand and appreciate each other. So, if you're given probabilistic information, make sure you understand it. If you're given deterministic information, understand what there is. Because, like I said, I, I you know local television station I deal with, they verify. And I, I you know, speaking off the cuff here, I don't know if it's plus or minus three degrees, but I'm sorry, plus or minus three degrees is not a deterministic forecast. So what they're telling you is, I'm giving you a number, but it's going to be within that range. Now that's fine as long as all the parties understand that, and that's what's critical. Okay, is making sure that you're in the know of how that information is being shared with you. But again, you should want the probabilities, right? So why have, you know, we get in this, okay, Mark, you, you've just ranted about, you know, probabilities and why they're important. Well, why haven't they happened? Okay. And I, you know, I talked about the visualization and maybe how hard it is to show the spread, but I want to, I want to give you a case and 
just imagine, so we have this thing, and you've heard me mention it before, called the wedge in the Atlanta area. And, and the wedge is this flow of air that pushes down off the App- Appalachian Mountains, and it can result in two very extremely different forecasts for Atlanta. And they often don't know what the outcome's going to be. So the outcome might be 60 degrees or 80 degrees, but it's not likely to be 70. So if they took the mean, which is what people think when, even when they say, you know, we do this verification, it's plus or minus, you think of a normal distribution. A lot of us have heard the word bell curve before, right? And, you know, we're being in that percentile. And you have this understanding that everything is centered around this one, this one number. But what you don't understand sometimes is things aren't always set up that way. Sometimes it's a very skinny thing, so maybe it is close to deterministic forecast. Or maybe there's a lot of uncertainty, and that just happens to be the middle. Or maybe things are weighted one way or another. So maybe if they told you in the mean was 87 degrees or 86 degrees, what if the vast majority of the ensembles or the you know the different scenarios they were looking at were within you know, they started at about 85, but they went, would you want, would you want to be getting a forecast that said, oh, the real risk is on the, on the high end and not have that communicated to you? So it, it's, again, they may have already made that tweak for you in some way in what they've done, but if they're not sharing that information with you, it's difficult. So there are ways to visualize it, but it takes effort and, and the parties need to be involved in that. These phrases that people use, and this is the challenge in, in this, the, the, the AMS document that I'll send you to discusses this, and we've discussed it before, is when I use the word likely or near or around, that means something to me. But if it doesn't mean the same to you, this is the danger. And that's a lot of times why representing things and, and people understanding the bounds and the, where, where the uncertainty is, that that's important and it gets back to this wedge case so here it was they told me okay so they picked the middle and they said 70 degrees tomorrow if that's what they had to do right so if I looked at a map it it might say 70 degrees or or they may hedge their bets and they may say I think the wedge is more likely or I think the wedge is less likely now a lot of times what they do here is they go be patient because it's likely going to be this or that and that's what they should do okay and that's what you should look for is it could be cloudy and 60 and an overcast, a little rain, or it could be sunny and 80 and a completely different outcome. And that can be very meaningful to people that are having to make, whether it's you as an individual or businesses having to make a decision about, you know, how they're setting up their patios for serving people coffee tomorrow. You know, do you need to have umbrellas that people are, need to sit under uh, to protect themselves from rain or do they need to protect themselves from sun? Two different things that it might, it actually might influence how a business is uh, setting up their structure for a day or what their plans are, um, even in terms of offering outside seating or, or something along those lines. Um, or, you know, whether it's safe for you to be outside with a thunderstorm. So again, that situation is what we call bimodal, but it really means the the mean is not highly probable. Okay, so the mean may have been at like I said a, a seventy to seventy five degrees in the middle somewhere, and then may you know it's going to be around seventy three. Well, the reality is it was going to either be around sixty or around eighty, and that's why having this understa- understanding of what's going on and seeing what the real uncertainty is and their confidence is, but the more they can do that in a way that allows you to interpret, not to guess at what they mean, the more important it is. But 
again, it's a two-sided street, and I get that. But I guess my, my answer always is with these things that when you've got an important decision that you need to make about something related to weather, don't ever trust a deterministic forecast, okay, because it's going to be wrong. It is, I, I promise you, because usually when you're making decisions about the weather, other than the very, 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 very short-term things, you're doing it for an event down the road, okay, whether it's a week or two weeks in advance or whatever it is. So if you start, you know, if you see somebody, um, there, there's a company uh, that will go nameless, but you can listen to other things or see other things, that is putting out 90-day deterministic forecasts based on your location. You can go to their website. And you can get a, a forecast that is for a specific day, and it's going to tell you that it's going to be, you know, a high of, uh, you know, I don't know, again, that, you know, let's say 86 or, or 30C, um, and, you know, the low is going to be, you know, whatever it is. And you know what? I, I understand enough to know that what they're doing is they're throwing up there a number that hopefully is somewhere in the range of what it's going to be, but you're, you're given, you're given a number. Um, and you know, it's just, that number is not useful because it's not highly accurate. We're not going to get in the whole whether whether that forecast is even close to accurate or not. That's not what this discussion is about, but just know even in the short term where, where we know the weather models are, are fairly good, um, that, they're giving you information and they're never, it's never precise. It's not precise because of the physics. It's not precise because of the data. The, the model just can't do it. It can't, it can't give you that level of precision. There's too much that goes on on this planet every day that can change a forecast even for tomorrow. Okay. Much less two or three or five days down the road. Now, there's less likely, in, in, except in certain cases, right? Like I mentioned that wedge thing or certain severe weather that it's going to happen in the short term versus the long term. But that's, again, that's why that curve or that distribution may look drastically different. And, and again, Hurricane Sandy, uh, okay, it wasn't a hurricane at landfall technically, but, you know, one model got it very right, okay, and another one got it very wrong. Now, in the end, they kind of came together, but it caused problems. And that's why the more information we have, and the more accurate information we have, and the forecasters that are helping you interpret. And again, that's their job, right, is to help interpret that for you. But if they can't communicate that uncertainty, it's not it's not giving you the information you need. And that's an important piece. And so, you know, work work with, you know, if, you, if you're finding that you like somebody, but they're not giving you that information, ask them why or, or talk to them and help them help understand why they're not doing it or, or if they think they are, why you're not interpreting that way. I know I'm trying to create this whole dialogue between weather consumers, but what will happen is you'll go somewhere else, and, and that's fine. Uh, you know, you have that choice as well. But if it's a meteorologist you like, you know, hopefully you are in a situation where you're um, wanting to understand, did I miss? Did you miss something, or, or was it something that they're just not providing for you? And in this day and age with – whether it's, you know, you're, you're watching live or you're watching online, and in particularly online, if they're delivering the forecast to you online or you're consuming it that way, the ability to support that with supporting graphics to give you that detail, it, it can be done. And, and so hopefully they're starting to provide that information for you um, and you're seeking it out already. So start with the important dates, but just realize that there's no day that it shouldn't exist because any day, while it may not be important for you, it's important for somebody else. So it just should become part of the routine. Again, my humble opinion here. 
And do keep in mind, and I, and I think the interesting thing that a lot of people don't realize is business, businesses have been doing this for a long time. So you may have heard recently that uh, the weather company was bought by IBM, okay? And, and, and people go, well, I don't get it. Well, it gets into this whole big data thing and analytics, but tons of decision-making is done based on weather-influenced events. So some of it's longer term, like let's say there's a heat wave projected for upstate New York for next week. Okay, late next week. And Home Depot only has, I don't know, so many air conditioning units that they keep up there. Um, you know, I'm talking like in air, in window type stuff or in, in an in room type thing um, based on a normal summer. And they see this thing and they can make decisions about relocating stock that maybe didn't sell in another area and can think about that process. But you as a consumer can do the same thing. You can realize hey, what is the real uncertainty? What is the real likelihood that this event may happen and that I might need to be prepared? So I want to go out and get one now before the shelves are empty, okay, if they're not going to make that choice. So it is a, it's a full circle thing. And, it, you know, it can happen with, I don't know, ice cream for, you know, it's a projected hot weekend and they know everybody's going to ice cream so they, you know, the, the stores get supplied more um, and you've already got yours or, you, you know, you make sure that you get it ahead of time. This is what happens with these events. But imagine uh, ice storms in the southeast. If stores could, just because the word ice storm comes on, see, they, here's the problem. They probably don't want me to tell you. So everybody, every go, all the water goes, all the milk goes, all the bread goes. Well, what imag imagine if they could stock properly because they could redistribute because they know it's coming from one of their other locations. Okay, or, or their supplier can give them additional milk or whatever it is. That's what the that's how the analytics in the long term are going to help in all the supply chain and everything else. As these forecasts and the ability to analyze all that data become more granular and they're able to do it. But you as a consumer can benefit in the same way, right? So in the end, what we really want is you're not going to the supermarket just because the word snow got mentioned on the on the news i know all of you people in snowy areas are going you southeast people are crazy but it's just it's it's a reality and it happens so the more you understand okay and the more you know that it's going to happen because the way it is but if everybody works together then the probabilities play out and it's less likely anybody's caught off guard okay so they're they're your they're your friend probabilities are your friend and that's what you want and you know, I thought about, I walked around, I, I, I met yesterday with a, a podcaster I have a great deal of respect for, Father Roderick. Um, you've heard me mention before, again, go check out SQP, sqpn.com. Again, I, I promise you, you, you won't be hit with, with faith. You'll be hit with all sorts of neat topics that, that are kind of fun if you're, if you're interested. But I was, you know, we were talking about different episodes and, and, and things, and I was thinking about this as I'm walking around, just rambling to myself about how I was going to communicate this stuff. And, of course, I, I have my notes here, but it, it didn't come out anything like even I thought it would as I was sitting down and, and, and recording. But what I know is all these things open doors, and each one of these things open doors. And weather models are like that. They, each time they're run, it's a, it's a, a, a array of doors that they open, future things, or if you want to get in the sci-fi world, alternate universes and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is sometimes they're very similar, okay, and and it's not going to be an impact for you. But sometimes when those models run, they point to very, very, very different outcomes, and that may be me very meaningful. It could be meaningful you, for you on a special day, okay, or plans that can get, you know, 
who wants to be the the vacation that got ruined or whatever it is if you can avoid it and even knowing which days on a vacation are going to be good indoor days versus outdoor days all that can be you know in, in planning accordingly it seems like you know you, you thought about it in advance and you and you work it out or it could even be a life-saving scenario so just keep in mind that, that the probabilities are working they're happening whether you absorb them or not. So the more you understand that they're happening, the more effective of a decision you'll be able to make when weather is impacting a key decision that you're trying to make. Like I said, it's going on in business all the time and for some consumers, but it's happened less on the consumer front. And But there's no reason it shouldn't, and that's kind of why I wanted to share it with you. So probabilistic forecast, plain and simple, make you smarter, Okay. Your absorbing of it, then being delivered to you, you become a more intelligent consumer of weather information. All right, so there you go. That forecast was wrong. If it was deterministic, it probably was. If it was probabilistic and done well, hopefully not. Hopefully it was dead on, and it's dead on every single time. So as we're talking about extreme weather lately, and I mentioned lightning, so my interesting tidbit this week is you've always heard the phrase, um, Lightning never strikes twice, and I, I love going through old weather myths and that sort of thing. Uh, and there's actually, I came across a Mythbuster episode, I never do this, got done, where they show the Sears Tower, I don't think it's called the Sears Tower anymore, in Chicago being struck by lightning twice in the same storm. So there you go, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, lightning can strike twice. All right, so let's wrap up. Um, future episodes. Um, I'm going to do, I think, weather and music next time. So we've done weather and movies. Let's do, let's get back to the entertainment world and do some weather and music. And again, I've mentioned this previously with the video, weather and routers and what in the world they have to do with each other. We'll do that in the You Ask, We Answer section this coming week. So finally, um, summary since we last really talked about it, you know, we continue to get more listeners and viewers and that's great. Uh, and, you know, I sent, for those of you who, again, are connected to me on Facebook or, or um, Twitter or, or any of those, or even Instagram, I put the map out there. We're down to just a few states, and, you know, we get more countries, and we had some listeners so join us from Luxembourg and, and Idaho and Louisiana and some of the states we don't have. So um, I haven't figured out a way to get the map easily on the website, but if you're interested, go through my Twitter feed, and you can, you can see it. it wasn't too long ago. As always, what is it about the weather.com? Um, I've started a Twitter account for the podcast. I really haven't promoted that yet. Uh, it's with all these things, because it really is just me keeping up with all these things, both my personal stuff and the podcast vidcast stuff. It's a lot of work, as you can imagine, much less trying to do anything else like maintain a job. So I put it out there. If you're interested, follow, or, or if you want to just continue to follow me, it's that's fine too. I, you know, we'll figure out how to communicate best, and, and that's it's an evolution process. We're we're learning to communicate better with each other, but don't forget, YouTube's out there. And, and the reason I mention the YouTube is I do put these sh video, short videos on there. Sometimes they're, um, you know, weather events or little blurbs that come into my mind that when I'm thinking about it that don't justify a full episode. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, if you like kind of weather stuff whether it's you know short little lightning videos or whatever it might be do take a look at the youtube page and think about subscribing there um finally the support piece as i've mentioned rsvp rate share validate and pledge and i'm gonna say just very briefly that you know what what's 
most important in all that right now? I, I think the most important thing is is probably the sharing. You know, it's getting it out there, whether, again, you tell – and it's been great. I, people have been mentioning it, and I've seen emails and all that stuff. I, I can't thank you enough for that. So that's the thing that you can do first and foremost. Again, show somebody how to listen to a podcast and say, hey, here's the first podcast you ought to listen to if it's somebody not, not doing it. Because, you know, this, this podcast – my goal is not to reach a particular generation, it's to reach everybody. And so while the younger generation may be, oh, yeah, I get this, that, and the other, not, not a big deal, you know, some of the older generations don't even, it, the podcast, the term still is unfamiliar to it, to them, but it's not complex. And we both know it's not complex. You can listen on the website. You don't have to go anywhere else. You don't need a podcast. It's just, what is it about the weather.com? And tell them that. And, in, you know, if they, in, in, at the same time, if somebody's interested in podcasting, they can, you can say, hey, and this is, Let's set, it, set you up and do that. Um, so I am going to, you know, in terms of the support, we've gotten a few supporters on Patreon. I didn't expect that to uh, go into overdrive anytime soon. You know, that'll happen slowly and organically over time. But I am going to try to do a, um, a story. I, I've mentioned doing the T-shirts in a couple places and some other things. Um, just as a way, again, I mean, everybody needs shirts and mugs and stuff. It could be a way to do some small support that you can and get something that you need, and and I get that. And again, the free advertising is not something I'm gonna shy away from. And again, it's it's more exposure. So um, we'll keep doing those sort of things and looking for new ways to to work together on that stuff. So thanks again for all the support. It's been tremendous. I continue to appreciate all the feedback, the show ideas, the the even the thoughts about what you know more audio versus more video, all those things. Um, or vice versa. I mean, I've heard it both ways. Um, you know, we'll continue to evolve and we'll do it together. And hopefully in the meantime, um, you know, we'll all share a little bit about new things about the, the weather and how it impacts us all. And uh, like I said, I, I'm, I learn as much in doing these things as, as the topics I share with you. So until next time, have safe, but of course, exciting and enjoyable weather. This is a two-word super- Production.